Saving Uncensored is brought to you by Colonel Duff. Duff, helping a random handicapped guy in the middle of nowhere. Only on Gaming Uncensored. Controlling transmission. Divided by a thousand miles of barren wasteland, two men mysteriously linked by alien technology on a podcasting mission to boldly deliver video game news and views directly to your brain. This is Gaming Uncensored. Now, your gaming uncensored guides, the dynamic duo, the video game gurus, yeah, okay. a man on wheels, and a yeti with a modem, Jamie and Tommy. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. How you doing? My name is Jamie Jordan, and this is the fourth in a row brand new edition of Gaming Uncensored. I can't believe it. It's wild. I I don't like, I'm waiting for the world to end or something. <laughs> Four weeks in a row, here we are. Uh, I and, and we must be doing something right. It must be all good because I tried to weave this day yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it didn't happen. I got stuck in a snowstorm on I forty and uh, had had to turn around. And and I guess it was because somebody said, "Hey, you got a podcast to do, and you can't uh, <laughs> you can't be out messing around." So right. yeah, there were fourth week in a row. Holy cow! We got all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, New listeners everywhere. I'll chat about them in a little bit. Uh, but but all kinds of new people that don't know their listeners yet. I spent four <laughs> hours in in the car with a guy yesterday. His name is Ashton. He does a lot of the same stuff that we do. And uh, and and I told him I said I've got one. We've got one of the the oldest gaming pack podcasts on the internet. And uh, he didn't immediately look it up. He's like, yeah, right. <laughs> and like, I'm like, no, seriously, we were, when, when we started, there were 12 podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that's how old it is. So I'm giving him a shout out right now. What's up, dude? And then I'm going to make him listen to this show. And so there's that. Yeah. I like but, the way but, that we get new listeners at this point. It's just to compel people we meet in real life to, hey, you got to go listen to our show. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much it. I mean, like, you should be advertising to your students. Right. I mean, honestly, you have a captive, a captive audience, you might as well. Uh, that's fair. I, I, I often wonder what your students must think. When when you start talking video games with them, and then you go, oh yeah, I've got a podcast. Yeah, uh, they like, think I'm old. What? Yeah, because this yeah. is the thing. Podcasting is kind of for old people now. 
You know? Well, like, yeah, that's we, true. We, we've, I mean, we've lived through it for 20 years. Let's mention like uh, 19 years of this show officially uh, this past week. And so uh, we have been here for a long time. Uh, yeah. Like this show is older than some of my students right now. Yeah. Process that. Like there were, I, I am teaching adults that were not alive when we started recording this show. Uh, and, and so that, that Ashton, to say. Ashton, what, what, who was in my car uh, yesterday for four hours was barely alive when we started this show. Yeah. Uh, he, he was by about 10 years, but, yeah. but, uh, we, that, we are, that's, that's where we're at. We are old and we are on an, uh, an aging uh, platform. Uh, podcasting is an aging platform. Like it appeals to people that are not young uh, anymore. So my students are like, oh, you're old. But it's cool you play video games. Like that's, you know, like we have that in common. But the idea of us doing a podcast is not in any way something that they are like, oh, that's cool. They're like, oh, you're so, old. So, so here's my question. What is it that they do? Okay, I don't know, what, TikTok? if they don't podcast, what what is it they do? I feel like it's all like you know, like uh, short form, like video content, reels on Instagram and TikTok and that kind. Of, like I feel like that's or YouTube. I mean, they, they they're still all very into YouTube. That that's that's a constant. Yeah. Uh, that, that that like uh, I was like, oh, you should listen to this album, and they were like, oh yeah, I looked it up on YouTube. I'm like, why are you looking up an album on YouTube? Like, what is the <laughs> like? How is that a thing? But I, that's. But I'm like, oh, whatever. As long as, as long as you're listening to good music, I kind of don't care where you're getting it from. But that is just not the place I would think about getting music from. But whatever. That's where they're getting stuff. And so, uh, for what it's worth. Well, I repeat, we're going to do this show until we physically can't do this show yeah. anymore. <laughs> so, we, we don't really care at this point um, whether it's hip or cool or whatever. This is and true. To just, to just piggyback on your point, while I was stuck in a car for five hours yesterday, <laughs> he was pulling up uh, clips of comedians on TikTok on his phone, and uh, he he immediately says, uh, "I I love TikTok," and I'm like, "I don't I don't use it <laughs> at all. Like I don't I yeah. don't uh, I don't understand. I don't get it." I, I am. I will. I will mention. I'm officially on Instagram now, which is only as oh, a, like uh, so am I. Right. Uh, it, this has been like two months, maybe, or something like that. And it is solely because, and the only thing I use it for still, because I just never check it. It's just not a thing that I do. Uh, but it's solely because the sexy sidekick was like, I just have stuff I want to send you on Instagram. Like I want to send you reels on Instagram, and you're not on Instagram. And she just finally got to the point that she was like, you have to do this just so I can send you stuff. And so literally the only thing that like, I have a bunch of people that I know that like have followed me on Instagram, I guess is what you do on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, I, it, I'm so sorry. I don't do anything here. Like you're not going to see any interaction from me, but I, I watch all of the reels, the sexy sidekicks. It's me. They're fun. <laughs> but that's, that's literally it. It's just a way that she could message me like short videos. That's tell all her, it is for me. Tell her I'm on there too. And she can send it to me. <laughs> there you go. Look, I'm not doing anything either. I, like, I, 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 this is me being old man here, uh, which is not surprising, but you know, just this way. I do not get Instagram in that, like, the interface is just horrible. It's, it's just it's awful. not good. It's awful. And if you pull it up on a desktop, like half of the features don't work. <laughs> like, yeah, when, I don't even know. When, 
when I when I did, I I, I our our friend Liz, one of our Patreon members, helped me out to do some video content, some vertical video content, which is completely opposite of the way you and I were taught <laughs> about how to do video. It's just video. so painful. She she converted some of my stuff uh, to to vertical video content and put it on Instagram. And of course, they got each of them got four thousand plus views or whatever. And, and and my my point with with this is that like I I don't understand what's entertaining. I and and the 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 reason that I figured out half of the features don't work is because apparently I'm the only person out there that uses Instagram on my desktop. Yeah. Like everybody's like, don't you have the app? And I'm like, no, I have a desktop. (laughs) And they're like, well, we don't know how that works. We just go to the app and do this. So yeah. Because we're old. Uh, I do not have a TikTok yet. The sexy sidekick does have a TikTok, so she ever gets a TikTok. I have thought about it a little bit in, in, in for some work stuff, and so I may be getting into some of it a little bit more for work stuff. But right, right now, like it just isn't me because we're old. So all that well, said, you, can, you, did, you can you can drag me kicking and screaming. Look, you yeah. and I are going to be the last two people on earth. Um, this is true because we're old. Yeah. That said, you did mention the Patreon in there. So big thanks to the Patreon supporters, Liz included. Uh, Cabot, Jose, Dark, Duff, Josh, Hector, Spider, Spencer, Kavash, Chad, Zeke, Chris, Brigham, Andrew, Sam, Luik, uh, Logan, Liz, Jordan. Sorry, I got out of order on my flow there. Uh, it's doubled all over it. Uh, thank you all for uh, for continuing to support us uh, on, on Patreon. And we are very happy that you are getting content uh, now uh, again and, and are, are glad to be uh, providing some regular content for you. If you would like to support us on Patreon, you can do that. Go to GamingUncensored.com. Click to become a patron link. You can also find show notes over there and some other stuff from time to time. Uh, so go visit GamingUncensored.com. Uh, .com. Uh, support us over there if you would like. Help us buy video games, uh, one of which we're going to buy in a couple of weeks, uh, which is new Final Fantasy VII, which uh, uh, there was a state of play that was all about Final Fantasy VII, uh, and it just got me so excited for that game. Uh, uh, I'm just, I'm really, really pumped. I I am so excited. I, I, I don't know that it comes across on the mics how much fun you and I are having right now. Because despite all of the things that we have going on, all of the things that that we deal with on a weekly basis, we are both playing a lot of games right now, and and that's something that we love to do. Like it, it's something that we thoroughly enjoy. Sorry, I'm trying to reach the mouse. <laughs> yeah, your your audio got a lot quieter there. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no problem. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I won't worry about the mouse for now. I may just click <laughs> the keyboard if the screen falls asleep. There you go. Uh, but but uh, but but yeah, we're 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 playing a lot of games right now. Uh, both of us are, and it's it's a whole lot of fun. Yeah, because uh, we go through spells where we don't. So yes. and we would always rather be playing games. Uh and so it's nice when we have an excuse to it. Our excuse to right now. We've played just a little bit more Spider-Man. I'm trying to think. I think I played a little bit more Spider-Man since you last did, show yes. Did. Um, which is just still fantastic. And I wish I had more time to play video games because the Final Fantasy VII uh rebirth being right around the corner, 
uh, we we had a discussion about how we've never gotten through the DLC, and and most of the time I'd be like, yeah, whatever. But I just really like I kind of want to get back into that world before the game gets here, and, and yeah. so it was an excuse to get back into the world. So we picked up the intermission DLC. Uh, started playing that a little bit and, and immediately found uh, the uh, the like in-game minigame, which is Fort Condor. Is yep. that right? Condor? Yeah, um, I believe that's right. Yeah. <laughs> which is now my obsession. And all I want to play is, is Fort Condor and not like play the rest of Final Fantasy VII Intermission uh, because I really, really dig it. Uh, and so I'm excited to play more Fort Condor and ultimately more Fort, uh, or, of, of Intermission. But uh, I'm just really paranoid that Fort Condor is going to end up taking all my time and then February 29th is going to be here and I'm going to be like, oh, I did nothing in the DLC. Okay, so so the interesting thing about this is I don't know why it never occurred to me uh, when we originally bought it, when we were, were originally playing uh, the the remake. Uh, but that DLC clearly takes place after the events of of the of the first part of the remake, right? And not 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 that far in the future, like like a couple of days, maybe. And so it's really nice to be back in that world and be seeing it from a, another perspective. Yes. Um, I don't understand Yuffie at all. She's uh, weird. <laughs> She's weird. Uh, and and it's, just, it's just a bizarre thing. Uh, but it's really nice to be back there. It's really nice to be walking around that world. And I have no idea why we didn't do that when uh we first bought the dlc but we yeah. didn't and now we're getting around to it yeah which is nice because it does provide a nice transition back into that world uh without just picking up rebirth uh kind of from scratch uh which would be good or bad uh there's some uh element of just getting back into a game when there's a new one that comes out because you don't like rely on the old systems when they ultimately change some systems. And so we're going to have to figure that out. But regardless, it's fun to be back in that world. Uh, and I will say just for a second that the Fort Condor minigame thing, I don't know that it'll be in, I, it doesn't feel like it's probably going to be in uh, Rebirth because they didn't talk about it at all. It feels like a kind of a one-off here. Uh, the, but it is... The new one, the the Rebirth has its own. Right, exactly. And Final yeah. Fantasy VII Remake had its own uh what uh, the one with the figures that you put uh, different places that was also very good and, and was fun but this one particularly uh the fort condor game uh, i really enjoy because it is very reminiscent of a game called auto chess <laughs> that i was briefly obsessed with uh, a couple Ooh, years ago I remember auto chess back in the day you yeah. played that like crazy yeah like it was my kind of just go-to like time waster game uh and and this is the fort condor is essentially auto chess like it, it's the same mechanic that you have like troops that you have a, a timer that's like constantly building and once you get so much you know uh uh whatever uh atb is what it is in in final fantasy but whatever it is you know uh mana or right. whatever action, uh, you, point. you, action points you can deploy your troops and they all have you know their own pros and cons and and uh it's it's a uh like they just go off into the battlefield and kind of fight each other you don't have any control over them after you deploy them uh, but you get to choose like where you put them and and uh, what kind of troops they are, what they're strong and weak against, and all that kind of stuff. And it's it's fun and and tactical and 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 like both kind of action oriented, not action oriented. It's like a good blend between those things. And so, like I said, it's just is a, a game mechanic that I enjoy. There's also a um, 
Warcraft game. I'm trying to remember what it's called. I have it on my phone. Let me look really quick. That came out recently on the iPhone that has a similar mechanic to it that I've played some of, not a ton of. Uh, Warcraft Rumble uh, is what it's called. Uh, that is a similar kind of uh, thing. That's just a fun kind of check your brain at the door uh, game. <laughs> and so a fun check your brain at the door game inside of Final Fantasy is going to own me. And this one definitely owns me. I, I'm so like I said, I'm having so much fun right now because in this week I've gotten to play Cyberpunk. I've gotten to see Spider-Man and, and now we're on the Final Fantasy and and we've had uh we've had uh state of plays in between like it's it's really cool to say to yourself i'm really glad that i have dvr space on whatever app <laughs> that i'm using because i can watch whatever i was going to watch in the evening later cuz i need to get through this first that that's a really good problem to have. I'm having a. I'm really enjoying that. Yes, agreed all all the way around. I just wish I had more time to play games. Uh, while we're on the the discussion of uh, Final Fantasy, it's in the show notes, but we'll go ahead and mention it here. Just some of the stuff with the uh, state of play that was shown. Uh, it was only Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. That's all it was. Uh, which again is okay by me. It was like twenty minutes of of showing yep. a new trailer and then talking through some of the game mechanics. They talked about the new card game that's in there. So it's going to be a card game this time. Uh, but also like just showing off the world of Rebirth, which is you know post Midgar after you get out of Midgar in in the original game, and so it opens up the world, which in Final Fantasy VII the original game was such a huge moment. When you just get out into the world map and you can just go around. And we didn't get any of that in, in Remake. You had a little bit of like being able to get to different places in Midgar. And Midgar was beautiful, but it was all very contained. Not a bad thing. They, they did it incredibly no. well. But just never got to that open world thing, which is true to the original. Like they, they really kind of followed that with how it was in the original. This is where it opens up into the big world and you're going to have the ability to, to explore a lot more. And just watching that aspect of it brought back so many memories of playing Final yeah. Fantasy VII the first time and getting to the open world aspect of it for the first time and going, oh, this is amazing. This world is so huge. And, and, and like, I'm just so excited to go and do that again and in a new way because obviously this is all new, uh, but also all, not all, but similar to uh, what it was originally as well. I the the that's the thing that I remember from the original game, the very end of the quote unquote first disc <laughs> yes. where where Cloud rides out on on the bike and the whole thing's blowing up and the yep. whole you know I, that that's what I remember and then the next thing that you you get is the airship and and you get access to the carnival which is going to be in reverse yes. I spent a ton of time in there yeah uh back in the day um and i'm just really excited to see that one thing that is missing that i'm that i'm curious about i don't know if you caught this but there doesn't appear to be any weapons in here there doesn't I, i'm like i kept waiting i'm like are they here 
are they here? And they never showed up. Yeah, I had that so, thought too because they specifically talk about it because they kind of break down each one of the regions and they even talk about um, like even out into the sea. And I just have the memory of whatever weapon it was that's under the sea, uh, yeah. under the ocean there that you go and find. And and I just remember that fight so clearly for whatever reason. Um, uh, that was like I was like, oh, I wonder if this will be a part of it, and they didn't make any mention of it. Remember, we still have one more game coming after this one. That this is yeah. still just the second of the trilogy, and so they may not be in this one. It may pop up in that third one, of however they choose to go about executing that third one, because that's going to be a whole different thing itself. And so, who knows? But I did have that thought, and would like to see that. But the golden saucer, yeah. uh, like uh, that, uh, I. Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled about that aspect of the game, uh, and the uh, that was again one of those moments in the original game when you get there and you can play all the games. That yep. was just so freaking cool, and it was so revolutionary at the time. Just nothing like that existed in any other game where you had like all these games within a game. Uh, and again, that's not something that's new now, but because of the nostalgia of it, I imagine that we will spend hours and hours and hours there uh just and messing I around remember, with every little thing i remember somehow making while i was there i remember somehow making a ton of guilt i yes. don't know if it was just playing the games or because there's some or, gambling aspect to it as well they don't remember the mechanics of really but that, that, that i do have that memory of just like try to cash in as much as possible like the original final fantasy 7 it was true of remake as well like you're just never hurting for money uh, it was a game yeah. where you always had enough guild to do whatever you needed to do you had a billion uh phoenix downs you had a billion potions you like whatever you needed you had uh but you still were like yeah i'm making tons of cash like this is great yeah. and, and like that aspect of the gold saucer i'm, I'm, I'm excited about hopefully repeating and just the environment of like, this is a fun place. It was just such a cool aspect of the game. And, and just to see that again, this was the first uh, that like, I was like, oh yeah, that's going to be amazing. Yeah. I, that was other than that. Like I texted you and said there was nothing really to write, write on that because it's what I expected it right. to be. Like, that's what I expected this second part to be. Yes. So, so I wasn't like, ooh, but man, they got there and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. here we go. And it just looks fantastic. One of the things they talked about is that this is uh, uh, strictly for the PS5. So Final Fantasy VII Remake was a PS4 game that was ported. Uh, this is a PS5 game. And so it's going to be more impressive visually, which the, the remake was amazing visually. And so it's just going to be better. Uh, it's going to be more efficient. It's going to be able to utilize the solid state drive at its fullest potential. All that kind of stuff. Like all the, like, it doesn't matter, but it does kind of stuff. Like it has all that. And it just... It can't get here soon enough other than the fact that I would really like to get through the DLC before it gets here. So I'm going to try yeah. to get through as much of that over the next two weeks as, as we can. Uh, because well, I, as soon I, I as would, it gets here, I'm going to be I'm going I to would ready. say, I, I, I hear what you're saying about firing up as soon as it gets here. But I would say there cannot be that much content. No, it's really... So so if if we're close, my vote is that we finish it. And and even if it takes an extra day or two, yeah. Uh, if we're close, I, I, if all I, I end up doing is playing Fort Condor, then then we're out of luck. <laughs> yeah, if we're close, <laughs> uh, I, I agree. Yeah, I I just I 
I kind of feel this way about Cyberpunk, and I'll talk more about that in a little bit. <laughs> the thing about this world, this Final Fantasy VII world, is that I just want to experience all of it that I can. Yes. Uh, and there's not many games that I feel that way. Like, Spider-Man 2, for example, is a huge game. It's really cool. Huge open world. I should have that same feeling of, like, I want to experience every inch of it, but it's it's different. Yeah. It's, it's, it, I, I know it has a finite whatever. Cyberpunk, it, for me, is turning into, like, what playing Fallout is for us, where I, I just get lost in it because I'm I'm going around the city doing stuff, and, and Spider-Man should feel that way, and it might to you because I don't have the controller in my hand, but at least watching it, it doesn't. Yeah. I, I don't get that vibe. I'm like, we're going to get to the end of this at some point, and then we're going to go do something else. Yeah. Um, there definitely is that that aspect of Spider-Man that having the controller in your hand matters because so much of the game yeah. is about how you get around. Um, the the traversal system of of Spider-Man is so much a part of what makes it so special, which is it Final Fantasy VII. Like you walk, yeah. you know, <laughs> like it's just like there's nothing about Final Fantasy VII that's like, oh yeah, I really have to experience this with the controller in my hand. Um, it, it doesn't now the combat in Final Fantasy VII remake yeah. uh, would be different in that capacity, but just the getting yeah. around the world definitely isn't. So it is a a different thing, uh, but doesn't make it any less uh, compelling for sure. So yeah, that's soon, and I'm pumped, and and that's also because we're old and we played this game when we were kids, and it's important to us. And and if you're not old, you probably care a whole lot less, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Get ready to hear a whole lot about Final Fantasy VII in the the next months. Because it's going to happen, for it's sure. going to happen. So, uh, that said, we've got big news to talk about that isn't official yet. <laughs> and so, uh, we're going we're gonna to spend some time talking about what seems inevitable via reports and what Phil Spencer has said will be addressed uh, sometime this week. And so, uh, God willing, and the creek don't rise, we're here next week. We can talk about it. If we're not here next week, we'll be here in two weeks. There is a little question. Just get this out here. We may not be here next week. Uh, again, four weeks in a row, uh, we feel like we're killing it. Uh, but we would love to keep this streak going. <laughs> May or may not be here next week, depending on some uh, uh, external factors. But uh, we will talk about this news again. But we kind of know what it is. Uh, And so we could kind of go ahead and start dissecting it and and talking about what could be a pretty massive change for the industry. Uh, And that is Xbox is quite likely going to make many, if not most, of its exclusives non-exclusive. Uh, so the story that's in the show note, the headline is Starfield is reportedly coming to PS5, which obviously would be a pretty big deal. That's a pretty massive exclusive uh, for, for Xbox. And then, comma, along with other Xbox exclusives, when you start digging into it, what you find is that, oh, it's like basically everything. <laughs> like, is yeah. what they're essentially looking at. It feels like a lot of Bethesda stuff um, 
to start with. So Starfield, the Indiana Jones game is named in here, which is Bethesda as well. And that's not a big surprise because Bethesda has been a big third-party developer for many, many years until they got uh, bought out by Microsoft recently. Of course, Microsoft just recently uh, finished the acquisition of uh, Activision uh, Blizzard. Uh, and so that's a, a bunch of games that were used to being third-party that are now nominally first-party Microsoft games. And so, like, it's not a shock that a lot of these games would be stuff that we would see other places. What is a shock is that Microsoft is going through the process of buying all these for what, at least on the surface for a while, seemed like the ability to make a lot of this stuff first-party to only go, okay, yeah, now we have all of it. We'll make it available um, for everybody. And ultimately, that probably means like, do we see Halo on a PlayStation at some point? Like that, that you know, it feels like the like the the, the last. It's like seeing Sonic on a Nintendo console for us. Still, is so weird, but it's kind of normal now. I'm, like that's what it feels like. I'm so glad that you said that because I I know this is a huge deal, but I in my head I don't feel like it's a huge deal because I don't really feel like. Microsoft has had exclusives since the Xbox 360 because all of the games that I would play on the Xbox if I owned an Xbox, I have a PC for. Yes. Right? Like, and so you can you can parse words and go, oh, this is a big deal. They've never done this. They've been doing this for five years. Like yeah. Their content is available on another platform. It's called the PC. Yes. Um, and and granted, there, there's somebody out there that will argue, well, well um, the PC is all about Microsoft and 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 they they own the PC market. And that's true, but there's like 18 other operating systems out there. Like like it is the PC can be a different platform if you choose to make it so um, sure and 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 so and so my point is this is a big deal for consoles but they've been doing it for a while yes yeah that is a a totally fair point uh and and i think one that but i'll bring back up here in a little bit with my kind of speculation of what this may mean for microsoft's future but you're absolutely right and game pass has furthered that of making uh really uh uh Microsoft first-party multi-platform anyway, because you can stream any console game on a PC, even if it's not available yep. on the PC, and so you even get more access to the games. And so, yes, absolutely, they haven't been a console-only company really ever, because it's Microsoft, and they've always made PCs, not always, but before they made consoles, they made PCs. It I is a sea change from what the Xbox was in the kind of original iterations, the Xbox and the Xbox 360 most specifically, where the Xbox 360, they were the dominant console. Like, they were console gaming in that generation. And so I think there is this almost uh, skew <laughs> that Microsoft created because of the success of the Xbox 360 that they were more of a console kind of juggernaut than they ever actually have been. They've had one really successful console generation. They had two, you know, like kind of playing second fiddle to Sony and Nintendo doing whatever Nintendo does. Um, and then the Xbox Series X slash S series has felt like off, like has felt like something 
that just hasn't really taken a hold in the same way. And that feels like what makes this kind of decision a little bit inevitable, like what you're saying. It's not a big surprise, even though it's a big deal, uh, because it does feel kind of inevitable. There's another story, I think I have it in show notes, that reportedly, because they don't make these sales numbers public, Microsoft specifically doesn't make these sales numbers public, but reportedly the PlayStation 5 has outsold the Series S slash X by two to one. And in Series X slash S sales, that the Series S has outsold the Series X uh, ultimately. And, And so like their powerhouse console, if you just take the Series X in that uh, conversation, it's just not nearly in as many households as what the PlayStation 5 is. Like, they're just not even close. And and that's okay, a, so- an issue if you're only going to be a console company, which obviously they're not. They haven't been. They haven't been trying to be for a while now. But that's going to create changes that need to happen. I mean, let's talk about games for a second. Because the, I think the the reason for all of this is games. We could take an hour and list off our favorite games that you can only get on a Sony console. Yep. Right? We could take an hour and and list off some of the greatest games ever made that you can only get on a Sony console. Now or granted, a Nintendo a console. There's there's the or a Nintendo console. Granted there's especially in Sony's case there's a lot of crap mixed in there with it. Yes. <laughs> but but the, I we literally could. We could take an hour and list off 50 games yes. that are synonymous with Sony. When I started thinking about Microsoft, because I started thinking about this yesterday, yep. I can think of about three. Yeah. Okay? Halo, Gears of War, and uh, <laughs> that's as far as I get. It's like, yeah, Halo and Gears of War. <laughs> Halo, Halo and Gears of War, and Oni was another one that they had that just flopped. Yeah. Um, uh, and there was one more, Fable. Fable oh, Fable, but it's is yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, but that's 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 three, maybe four games when when Sony has hundreds. Yeah. Where, where if if we saw a game, we were like, oh yeah, we we played that on the PlayStation One or right. Whatever. We just spent the open of the show talking about Final Fantasy, which we played exclusively on Nintendo and Sony consoles. Like that's where Final yeah. Fantasy exists, you know. And and re- in recent history has been a Sony console, Sony platform uh, 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 series for us. And, you know, like, it kind of is what it is. The reason that the Xbox 360, again, I think, skews this so bad is that it was the console to play third-party stuff on when the Xbox 360 was the dominant console. Like, you had Halo, you had some other stuff, you know, Gears of War or whatever. But it was also, like, the best console to play Madden or Call of Duty or whatever, you know, throw in your other third-party stuff in there. And a lot of third-party stuff came to... Microsoft in that era that had been previous to that exclusive to Sony or only Sony and Nintendo or whatever it was. And so it felt like it mattered more. But then when the PlayStation 4 came out, it was like, oh yeah, Sony still is great for third-party stuff too. And it kind of all shifted back because they also had such high-quality first-party stuff. And Microsoft obviously is trying to do that. (laughs) It wants that first-party quality. 
but it's not going to sell consoles because we're past that era. Like we used to talk about system sellers as a thing, right? Like we talked about Halo being a system seller. You had to have a Microsoft console to play Halo. That was a system seller. But it's just not anymore, like in part because we're so saturated with stuff that like you don't have to have that system seller anymore to be compelling. And at the same time, if you're going to go buy a system just for the first party content that you're going to get, Microsoft doesn't have it. And so like in so far as a system seller does exist, Microsoft doesn't compete in that way like Nintendo and Sony do. Nintendo has uh, Zelda. You can't get it anywhere else. Sony has, you know, whatever. Uh, uh, the Last of Us. Can't get it anywhere else you can now. But you know what I'm saying. Um, everything's coming to PC, too, which is fascinating. We'll see when Nintendo starts dropping games on PC. That'll be really interesting to see Zelda on Steam. But we're not there. But that's that's kind of where we've been, and it's changed. The industry has changed. Well, I'm glad you said that. But my my counterpoint to that is... Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2 is a great counterpoint to that right now because, yeah, it'll eventually be on PC. It's not there yet. Right now, all you, as far as I know, you can only play that on the PlayStation 5. Yep, for sure. So, 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 Sony is still doing that. Now, uh, now of granted, course. The, Let me, the, the, go ahead. The windows are, are, Smaller, yeah. Like Spider-Man Two will be on the PC, um, uh, because they. What started this for them was Horizon being so good on the PC. Like I, I have this brand new rig. You have a brand new rig. We have all these games to play, and I actually had the thought: I need to load up Horizon <laughs> and finish that on a nice big screen in four yeah. K. Like, that's how good that game is, right? For sure. And, and and so after that happened, they're like, well, crap, we'll just put all this stuff on the PC. And, and now, and Duff and I have been talking about this. I talked about last show that I crushed his soul because he was talking about Forbidden West being on the PC. And I said, I'm not playing that. <laughs> but Sony has gotten to the point where when Sony brings a game to another platform, especially the PC, you expect it to be better than what you played on the PlayStation 5. Just tech-wise and control. Like, I mean, they just nailed Horizon. And I haven't played Spider-Man on the PC, but I would grant you that it's probably a better experience than on the PlayStation, on the PlayStation 4. Sure. I, and that very well could be. Um, the The connection there is is almost the argument for what Microsoft is doing, right? Is that yeah. you, you don't have to have it on your hardware anymore. You don't have to have it exclusive to what you do. And again, for Microsoft specifically, because they're not selling hardware. And it, it's, uh, it's like a chicken and egg kind of thing, right? Which comes first. Uh, for Microsoft, it's very clearly not the software is going to push your hardware out the door. Starfield kind of showed that and, and they want to make a lot of money off of Starfield. Uh, if they could have like a second big launch of Starfield on the PlayStation five, like that makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways, you know, and, and same with Indiana Jones, if that comes out on a PlayStation console, 
where people know Uncharted and are like, oh yeah, this kind of feels like Uncharted, but different. And it's Indiana Jones. I know Indiana Jones. Like it makes sense to play this game on a PlayStation and they can make a bunch of money off that game. Like it, it's why like the, the conversation around Call of Duty never made a whole lot of sense. Like why would you segment yourself off from this massive market? Like, of course you want it. And of course, Sony didn't want Microsoft to have, you know, uh, to acquire Activision Blizzard because it's bad for their competitive balance. But like, it never felt like there wasn't going to be Call of Duty on PlayStation because like, of course. And so now this is almost like, okay, yeah, everybody's coming around now. We see what you're doing. Microsoft is going to put all this software out because they have all this software. They have control over more software than any other company on the planet at this point. And if you only have that coming out on your console that is selling half of what your nearest competitor is and not even close to what the Switch is, uh, you're going to be pretty limited in how you can leverage all of that licensed money that you have available to you. So I'm wondering, you've you've said a word there that is going to take us probably completely off the rails. Because now (laughs) I'm curious, you said a second launch of Starfield. On the PlayStation 5. Uh-huh. And it got me thinking, I wonder how much money something like Cyberpunk has made since Phantom Liberty came out. I'm just curious as to what those, <clears throat> what that number is, because Phantom Liberty is basically uh, Cyberpunk 2.0. I mean, the pet, the, Phantom Liberty patch is 2.0. Right, so like literally and, and, is. And, and and I just wonder how much the quote-unquote secondary launch matters for a game like that. I know it does. I just wonder how much. Yeah, 100%. And, and I think we're going to see more of it because I think we're going to see more of those kinds of things happen uh, with this news, but also with just kind of uh, the, the natural progression of what video games have become and, and the kind of service-oriented nature of distribution that we talked about a little bit on the last show and, and all of that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's going to happen more. And and it, like the negative side of that is we're going to likely get more games like cyberpunk in a way like starfield that are broken broken ish at launch cyberpunk very much broken at launch uh starfield yep. i don't think was as broken but didn't quite uh achieve what they wanted it to achieive uh technically or gameplay wise and in so far as they've made updates to it since it, like significant gameplay updates to it since it launched and they will continue to do that that you will get like this second chance at it uh that didn't used to exist and does now. But this is kind of the way that games work now. And, and uh, being an early adopter on on certain video games isn't uh, ideal anymore, which is weird because we used to think of like, okay, a launch. And it's on an aside. One thing that we talked about last week, and I'm just thinking about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, uh, like Sony does really well. And that, again, that's Square Enix as well. It's not just Sony, but this is a game that's coming out uh, exclusive to Sony uh, to start with. Uh, like, I don't have that fear of Final Fantasy Rebirth that it's going to not be done. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it is. It's going to be a complete package day one. We go buy it. We don't have to wait for a whole bunch of patches to fix it. It's it's like what we were talking about, and you just didn't say it, but I know what you were thinking. It's the exact same thing with Spider-Man 2. Right. Like it, it is a finished, it's a finished game and you need to go play it. 
Yeah. It, it, that, that's why you need to go play there's, it right There's now. no reason to wait. Which with Cyberpunk, yeah. there was a reason to wait. With Starfield, there's a reason to wait. Uh, but the- and I'm gonna I'm gonna be real honest about Cyberpunk. Since I loaded since I loaded the game two months ago, they have put out two patches. Okay, like well, I mean, I mean, Phantom Liberty was already out, but they put sure. out one patch since I loaded the game a month ago, and of course they're saying we're not putting out anymore. <laughs> right, but but that that's a lot of crap because yeah. I mean. They they basically I'm gonna say something that's gonna get me in trouble. <laughs> um so to me Cyberpunk is the best environment for a live service kind of situation that I think I've ever seen because it's not live service. I'm not saying it is. Right, 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 right. But but what I'm saying is, I think it has more bones that already exist than anything I've ever seen. Like I I don't want to go off. I don't want to go off on a huge tangent here. But I finished Regina's uh, content. I I finished her gigs. All 23 of her gigs this week. I took care of a couple cyber psychos. Uh, I I uh, found a guy in a landfill that got his organ stolen. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. like, and then I had to go to a crematorium to figure out why he got his organ stolen. And, and like, my point with it is, is that I'm 84 hours into the game. And I just finished the last side gig in Watson. So, like, I'm I'm like, okay, now it's time to move to the next neighborhood. And there's, like, three neighborhoods before you get to Center City where Arasaka is. And there's all kinds of stuff to do in each of these sections of the city. And I was looking at it last night because I logged on after the Super Bowl and after I had spent five hours in the car not getting where I was supposed to go. Um, And I played for an hour, did an NCPD gig, and went to bed. But when I went to bed, I thought they could do this forever. Yeah. Like I could boot up the game and 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 there could just be more missions there. They could just pop yeah. up. They could they could patch them in. And like that is the dream of live service. That's why everybody has tried live service. Yeah. I think they could actually pull it off. Right. I mean, the the model is there with Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto 5 has done this for 10 years now, you know, and that essentially that has made Grand Theft Auto 5 into a live service game that has been hugely successful. Uh, And that environment could definitely do that. Now, whether or not you would ever want to do that, like Grand Theft Auto 5, like I love Grand Theft Auto 5. I've spent a little bit of time on Grand Theft Auto Online. Now my thing, Uh, which is fine. Uh, lots of people right. it. they're still putting out new content for it. Like you get it's uh, ripe for it. Uh, 
you have to execute it that way. And I think like, because obviously the live service thing has been relevant uh, with seeing so many games fail at it in, in kind of spectacular ways. Uh, you have to have something that's established before you can make it live service at this point. That didn't always, at least in my opinion, uh, that wasn't always the case. Uh, obviously, we saw something like Destiny kind of do that and be relevant. Uh, but at this point, it's just so hard to make something new live service because you can only dedicate so much time to it. And there's already enough out there to get you into it unless it's something you already love that then yeah. goes that way and makes you kind of uh, explore that world more. So, uh, yeah, it's the whole industry is changing under us. Like that's, that's the gist of it all. It, it's like everything I, looks different than it did 10 years ago. I'm going to say, I'm going to say something's going to sound really weird, but you and I played the matrix online. <laughs> what? 15 years ago, whatever 20, it was 20 years ago. Yes. And that's what they wanted to do. And I'm sitting there playing cyberpunk last night after, uh, after the super bowl. And I thought to myself, other than the fact that there's not other player characters running around this world, this is what the Matrix Online was trying to do. Yeah. Slightly different environments, slightly different superpowers, but Cyberpunk is what the Matrix game was trying to be. Now, Now, granted... It's taken them three and a half years and <laughs> and how many millions of dollars to get there. Yes. But but it's there. Yes. Cyberpunk is not an example to be followed, but it is an encouraging sign of where you can get when things don't go right to start with. Like they have gotten there. They have done the work to get to a game that's that's great. It's a great game with all of its flaws still, but it's a great game. Yep. It definitely took work to get there. So, uh, All that said, uh, Phil Spencer did address all this stuff reportedly. Again, this is all leaks we're getting from inside of Microsoft, but addressed this with uh, employees saying that Microsoft explicitly won't stop making consoles. That's not a none of this is true. <laughs> so I think you can take from that that like, okay, probably we're going to see a lot of this stuff. Again, not a big surprise if that's happening. But the question then becomes, and this is where I'm going to speculate just a little bit on, on what the future of Microsoft uh, as far as a hardware manufacturer in the gaming space looks like. If they're not going to stop making consoles, what do Microsoft consoles look like going forward? Because in a way, what they're saying is we're not going to stop making consoles, but the Series X is not working. Like this is not the business model going forward is to have a console like this. And so... Hear me out and then tell me that I'm crazy on on a little bit of my speculation here of what I think they could do is I think they could turn into uh, a essentially alienware, right? That they make PCs that are gaming centric PCs that they brand with the Xbox branding of here is your Xbox whatever PC that comes with an NVIDIA 40 whatever and, uh, you know, I whatever and then on and on that you're getting a pretty straightforward PC that's in a box with a big X on the side of it and you can scale it and you can, you know, go in and and uh, have a PC because that's what Microsoft does. And so why would it not make sense? And that Microsoft as a hardware company really becomes just a PC company. Like they, they make PC games that also get released on other platforms, uh, but they become primarily software oriented. Like Sega, I mentioned Sega earlier. 
Sega is still hugely relevant in the gaming industry, just in a very different way than they were when they made a console. Um, Microsoft continues to make games, has control over all of these different developers, is the biggest name in publishers because they have all of these developers underneath them. But on the hardware side, becomes much more centric on the PC of what they've always done, but just like branding it and, and finding a different place to sell their hardware that doesn't limit where their games get to and people can still have a quote-unquote Xbox in their house. So that's really fantastically <laughs> brilliant. I like it. And here's why I like it. We start this show almost every show talking about how we're old. Yes. Okay. <laughs> One of the ways that we're old, and I've been thinking about this, because in, in, in what I'm about to say, you and I are different. My cell phone that I have, that I use, is at least five years old. And I don't know how old your cell phone is, but I know it's newer than mine. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and when I talk to people, because I do a lot of virtual world stuff, and, uh, different places um, and all of those people in whatever environment that it is are going why can't we get people here why, why, why aren't they interested and the answer is because it takes because you can't do everything that we do here on a phone yeah like you can pare it down, you can do all that stuff, but but you and I love desktops. Yes. PC, Mac, it doesn't matter. Because we're old, but yes. But 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 for for an example, Ashton that I was in the car with yesterday, this is his third mention because he's going to listen to this episode of the show. <laughs> um <clears throat> Says to me, we, we started talking about games, and I asked him what he played, and he, he says, I played D&D Online, which apparently you and I need to get into, because there are groups of, like, uh, legit D&D games that are done over the internet, so we need to try that. Yeah. Um, but that's what he does every Saturday, and he mentioned a few other games, and... I said, that's really cool. I've been playing uh, Boulder's Gate. And he goes, I really, really, really want to play Boulder's Gate. That sounds really awesome. I really want a PC. And I, I looked at him and I went, have you never had a PC? And he goes, no, sir. <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, like that to me is mind boggling. Yeah. But it jives with everything else that I hear out in the world. If it doesn't run on a phone, people don't use computers anymore. Yeah. Which is scary because there's a whole bunch of skills that you and I have that we would not have if we didn't use desktop computers. Yeah. And back me up on this if I'm talking some crap that's not true. But your students that you teach don't have the skills that they should have yeah. that are basic to us because they don't use desktops. 
yeah, and it's it's a hundred percent in the world that I work on. You don't have a choice. Uh, you've got to use a, a computer. You can't use a mobile device at this point to do the audio or video work that, right. that at the professional level that that we need for what I teach. Uh, but they don't learn to to use a desktop or a laptop even anymore because they don't really have one at home because you don't need one unless you do this kind of stuff or you game. Yeah. And at school, everything's tablet-based at this point because it's a whole lot cheaper and, and more approachable for students and all that stuff, which I get. I don't begrudge schools for that. But I get college students who come in that have so little proficiency using a computer because all they've ever learned to use is is a mobile device, a tablet or a phone or whatever. <laughs> and it is, there's a gap there. And and on a practical level, I, I have to address that in my professional life. But on a gaming level, it's just a whole generation that it feels like hasn't ever been like truly exposed to PC gaming. And it makes me worry a little bit about PC gaming <laughs> because you got to have an audience for it. Uh, if the audience is shrinking, we're in trouble. Uh, but like, this is a way that maybe that changes or I don't know, something. Well, here's the thing. I'm like you. I worry about PC gaming. But what scares me more is the lack of skills that students have, younger people have these days, that that we we had to have. Like like there there's software that you use every day that I don't know anything about. Like, I have Logic running on my Mac right now. You could teach me a class, a six-month class, on how to get the most out of Logic that that I could get out of it. And I would learn from it because that's what you do every day. But at the end of the day, because I have the background that I have, if I really wanted to sit down and, and focus on it and use YouTube and use all the tools that we have, I could do that myself. I don't know that your students have that skill set. Right. That's the thing is that there's a whole series of, of troubleshooting and problem solving skills that come along with familiarity that just don't exist. If you don't know yeah. the, the platform that you're working on, you can't troubleshoot uh, when something goes wrong. And that's right. Yeah. I have students that are just completely uh, unable to do any kind of troubleshooting because they just don't know. And that's not their fault. And that's uh, but, so scary, but it is that's like so scary to me in ways, but there's plenty of skills that they have that we don't have, you know, and there's plenty of stuff right. that they're going to be better suited for than we ever will be. But it's, yeah, it's it's a tricky thing. So all that to say, bringing it back to the world of gaming, like what gaming looks like going forward is going to continue to change and, and the ways that people interface. Consoles are still a thing. My students still play consoles. My students have Switches, have PlayStation 5s. I will candidly say I have not had a student say, oh yeah, I have an Xbox. Like <laughs> They probably do. I'm sure there are Xboxes in my students' dorm rooms or whatever. Uh, but I have not talked to a single student about playing games on Xbox. I have PlayStations and Nintendos, but not an Xbox for what that's worth. Yeah. Uh, which goes into this whole thing. Like, obviously, that's a part of what Microsoft is trying to figure out here. Um, uh, and so uh, we'll see kind of how that fleshes out. Again, Phil said they're going to address this this week. And so we'll have more news, be able to talk about it a little bit more uh, after uh, whatever he says whatever Microsoft comes out and says. I'll be fascinated to see what it is. Again, if Microsoft turns into primarily a software publisher, it doesn't bother me in the slightest. No. They have such great studios that should be putting out such great games. But going back to what we talked about 
two shows ago. That was hard to keep up because we're doing so many shows. Uh, the one, one of the sad sides of what we're going to inevitably get here is there are going to be people that lose their jobs. Like there's going to be a consolidation within Microsoft if they're not making consoles in the same way, which seems pretty inevitable at this point. There are going to be people that are getting laid off in this process and, and there's going to be shrinking uh, workforce. At least in this side of Microsoft, they'll probably be able to grow and hire in other places, but it, it is inevitable. Anytime these changes happen, it, it is part of it. Uh, not to say that Microsoft shouldn't do that. I think they probably should. I think they are probably making the right decision here, but that is going to come with some amount of of loss for people and and that sucks. It, it And it's happening everywhere. Of course. Uh, I, I meant to bring this up because Duff sent me an article and I talked to Spider. He mentioned to me that, that uh, the industry that he works in is dealing with layoffs it's just it's everywhere for sure and when you when you have a change like this happening in an industry like gaming it's even more magnified yep yeah 100 percent. and and we'll continue to be and that's that's going to be part of the story too so just to bring that part of the story in here uh, really quick, I'll mention, I'm going to uh, encourage you to go by the show notes, gamingoncensored.com to check this out because we won't have time to talk about it today, but we'll, we'll get to it because it's going to continue to be news as well. Uh, Nintendo's working on a new console. I mean, not breaking any news there, but there are more leaks around the quote-unquote Switch 2, whatever that is going to be and look like, uh, including that it will have backwards compatibility, that it will have ways to enhance uh, the previous generation games and stuff that we've heard about before that's never really kind of fully materialized, but uh, we'll see if Nintendo figures out a way to do this. Uh, but there are some other good juicy details of what may be a uh, part of the Switch too. So go by GamingUncensored.com uh, to uh, to see those and uh, to see uh, what potential uh, Nintendo updates we will be uh, dealing with. Um, no real big uh, releases this week. Uh, we're doing shows so often now that like we're kind of ahead of releases. So <laughs> nothing nothing to write a home about release-wise, uh, but maybe. Helldivers 2. Can I mention just Helldivers really quick? Because they showed it off in the state of play that we talked about last week, and I just had no like concept of Helldivers. It's just not something that I... It, 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 we saw it in E3, and so I... It, 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 and it was fine, but it's not something that I, I would have ever given a, a second thought to. Uh, it released also on Steam. And had a bigger release than God of War did uh, for a a PlayStation slash PC game uh, that that was also released on on uh, PC, uh, which just kind of shocked me. I've just seen a lot of chatter about Helldivers. That apparently it's good. I just don't know anything about it. I feel like this is one of those games. I'm like, oh, did I just miss something totally? It's, like that? It's it's decent. What it is is. I think it's part of it scratches that armored core like warrior uh itch yeah that 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 was there back in the day still there look i I haven't seen an, I know armored core still out there I think they're up to seven and and I think there's like five mech warriors but it's it's kind of that similar thing that I think and I think there's a massive group of people that just really enjoy that kind of stuff. 
yeah, I think you're probably right. Also interesting, I didn't realize this tub just looking at it on Steam right now. Uh it's not a a full price title, it's 40 bucks. It's not a 60 or 70 dollar title, so it's a little cheaper too. So for for what that's yeah. for, but PlayStation Studios, going back to what we were talking about, putting games out on PC that are successful uh, immediately yeah. on PC uh, is the thing. Uh, and it's, and, really and that's got to be, not not to go back to what we, we've been talking about for the last 40 minutes, but that's got to be, what's the word, annoying to Microsoft? <laughs> right. I, I mean, because, because Sony has very obviously figured out the porting to PC thing, uh, because I'm sure there's an example. I need to fire up uh, Death Stranding and just see, but I'm sure there's an example of a Sony game that is not better on the PC than it was on the PlayStation 5. But every one that I've played so far, I'm like, crap, this is better. This is the best version of this game. Um, and, and that's gotta be really tough for Microsoft. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's what they do. And then Sony's like, "Oh yeah, we can do it too." And they're like, "Oh crap, we gotta figure out something else that we do." Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's fine. I would not be opposed to like Sony being like the I don't know what we call it uh, premium premium console uh like premium uh but premium? specifically on the hardware side uh like okay. sony is the console of the like high fidelity gamer is that i don't know so help me find a different word nintendo is the console of the like casual game again not the right words here but like a PlayStation and a Nintendo Switch can coexist. I have both of those in my house right now. I could live with both of those. I haven't ever felt a need for a Series X because I have a PlayStation 5, right? Like Sony and Microsoft have this more direct competition. If Microsoft just kind of fades away into being a PC slash software developer, like I, I could live with that. Now, this is a gig off, but like that lack of competition could also create lots of issues that may not be great for gaming. And so, so eh, good and bad. So we... We got to go. We don't have time to do this. <laughs> but I, I'm just going to say that what you talked about, about Microsoft becoming an alienware thing, the point that I was trying to make when I was talking about your students not having skills. Yes, yes, yes. Is, <laughs> is, is, that, is that for a lot of them, I think you're right about this. I think it's good speculation, speculation because for a lot of them, if Microsoft chooses to do this, this will be an extremely easy entry into quote unquote PC gaming. And they won't call it PC gaming, it'll be gaming on Xbox. But like the thing that you and I love, which is is desktops and, and playing around with processors and RAM and all of that stuff that we're yes. gonna do till we die. I think that's how you get this generation of people into that. If if the next Xbox hardware becomes modular, yeah, and and it it they're gonna think it's this new awesome thing. It's gonna be all over TikTok. It's gonna <laughs> right. it's gonna blow up, and and, and there's gonna be uh, generations of PC gamers out there going you idiots we've been doing this for <laughs> 25 years You're right um and, 
and and the difference is just real quick. The difference is is that Microsoft. I'm speculating now here as well. Microsoft will have to for it to be successful. They will have to figure out how to make it affordable. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think be- that's because, key. You're absolutely right. Because the 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 PC that you just built for me that Duff, Duff paid for most of, not gloating here, but but I'm gonna say it's around twenty four, twenty five hundred bucks. Yeah. Right. Okay. I paid $650 of that on top of what he paid for a graphics card. Right. Right? One card, the most important piece of the system, but I paid 650 bucks just for that. Yep. Okay, so if Microsoft is going to get a new generation of people into the idea of Here's a box and it's modular and you plug stuff in and here's all the cables and here's all the stuff. It has to be under five hundred dollars for it to work. At I least think. starting, because that's the thing yeah. is you'll have tiers of it. But yeah, it's gotta you you can't start at a thousand bucks and and have something that you no yeah absolutely and that's you know like the kind of genius of it if you make it modular you know again you could go buy a whatever ram or whatever video card you want and stick in there whatever it is but even if it's proprietary stuff which they could do but whatever it is um you got to have that price point that is that is approachable to start with and then that way it's kind of the inverse of alienware right like alienware has always been a premium cost because you get all the stuff that you need for excellent gaming and this is you know dating ourselves a little bit because i don't think alienware is this what it was when we were younger but when we were younger like it was such a big deal because you got all the top end stuff all in the box you didn't have to build it and you paid the price for that like you paid a premium for the brand yep. that was more than just the components because you didn't have to put it together and it came in this like sleek case and lights and all the stuff which you know was whatever it was um, and you and I would have always just preferred it always did just build our own <laughs> but yeah. there was a premium to that that Microsoft if that's the route that they end up going has to kind of do the inverse that has to say you get the performance at less than what it would cost you to go build it on your own like we're making it easier for you and at a better price. And that, I don't know how you do that and and make money off of it. If they even want to. They don't make money off hardware. Let's be clear with that. Like, one of the reasons we're having this whole say, discussion. They're not doing it now. They're, they're not doing not it now. Doing and so, it now. like, but that only scales so far. Like, you could only do that for so long. And if you could just sell about the same amount of units and not have to put out any hardware that's losing you money, why would you put out hardware? Like, that's just a, you know, like, yeah. it, it, anyway. We'll have this discussion much more because this this story isn't going away. We're just gonna have more details on it. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll come back to this. I promise. With that said, we just spent ten minutes. We shouldn't have spent, so we gotta get <laughs> out of here. Um, you guys know where everything is. We're on the Facebook. We're we're on the Twitter. I just found out Tommy is on Instagram. <laughs> so if you wanna if you wanna follow us on Instagram, we're both on Instagram. No, we don't do anything there. Yeah, you can. Uh, so I don't know why you would, but you can. I I'm going to reiterate what I said last week. If there's somebody out there that wants to start an Instagram for this show, 
and a TikTok or or anything else that you can think of that you would be willing to do for us, we will allow you to do that for because sure. we're not going to do it. Nope. Uh, so <laughs> so if you would be interested in that, send us an email, gamingonsister at gmail.com. Also, you need to call Voice Not Line at 509-GAME-210. Got another email. <laughs> they're bugging week. us again. They're, they're, they're trying to take it away. So if somebody call that, I'm probably going to call it right after the show <laughs> because it makes me angry. Yeah. Uh, but definitely call and leave us a voicemail. We will play it on this show. I Apparently... Apparently, that's not a thing, really, in podcasting anymore. Apparently not. Uh, so, but 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 we're we're still willing to do it. So, send us a voicemail. We will play it on this show. Um, we're we're having a good time right now. We think we hope you guys are too. Um, and as he said, God willing, in the creek. Don't rise. <laughs> we will be here next week. I'm just going to say, if he, if we can't get this done Monday, if we can't get this done next Monday, I will give you my entire week, sir. <laughs> you stick the day. Whatever needs to happen, I will move stuff around. I will make go. it happen. We, we are on a streak. Just tell me what you need to make this happen. I like it. We will get it done. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. We're having so much fun right now. And uh, we hope you are enjoying it as well. But for now, I'm Jamie. That's Tommy. We are Gaming Uncensored. And we are out. Would you like to submit a segment for the show? Send it to GamingUncensored at gmail.com. And don't worry. We'll play just about anything. Gaming Uncensored.